This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the unction of the Spirit. And I pray, Father, that you would speak through me and give to your people what they need here today. I recognize in and of myself I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, have your way, Holy Spirit. Minister to your people. You're so big enough, you're so God enough that you can answer every question and bring truth to every lie here today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, <clears throat> amen, amen. I want to talk to you and begin in these next few weeks. Uh, this is kind of stirred in my spirit, a new series. I don't know how long we'll be in it. Um, I know next week is uh, with Mother's Day, and we'll honor the moms, but I'm just going to kind of continue in with this series about the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. And and what does it actually mean to be blessed of the Lord, and how does that come about, and I would probably venture to say what I'm about to get into here this morning. Um, you know, maybe you would uh, 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 maybe be a little challenged here. It's not what you think when we think of the blessing of the Lord, but it's better than what you think. How many with me say amen? And so my text is Luke 24, one of them, uh, Luke 24, 30 to 31, and then I'm just going to read here from the King James, and that's a another translation there, and it said, and it came to pass. So Jesus was crucified, a little background here, and he rose from the dead, and he was walking, the scripture says, on the road to Emmaus, and two disciples find him, or he comes in upon two disciples, and whether they're arguing or debating, and you know, we thought Jesus was going to be the Christ, and he's dead, and so this is where this conversation picks up. And uh, Jesus says, hey, what are you talking about? And like, are you a stranger? I haven't been around. You know what's been going on in Jerusalem? Christ. And we, we thought Jesus was the one. And so they have this whole dialogue, and then they compel him to come into their home. And, and then uh, they said, no, eat, eat. And so then this is what Jesus does. Watch this. He said, it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and it says, he vanished out of their sight. He disappeared. As I think about that, and that's what I, I, I want to talk to you about, what he did, what the Lord did. You know, there's a truth demonstrated in this post-resurrection encounter with Jesus. Now, let me just say this. I cannot think of a single Christian, a single Christian that does not desire the blessings of the Lord. Can I get an Amen. We want to be blessed. We want to be a people that we are blessed. I mean, we earnestly seek and desire God's blessing in our life. And I believe that's important, and, and we should do that and, 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 and receive all that the Lord has for us. We want the Lord to bless our spiritual life, amen, our home life, amen. We want the Lord to bless our children. Can I get an Amen. And we, we need that. And how I many know our finances? We, if God blesses them, they go further. Isn't that right? It just goes further. 
And we want our churches to be blessed. Uh, uh, the, the, the last thing I want, I have no heart, no interest, is to have a group of people to come together, just have dead religion, leave and go home. I have no interest in that. I want God to show up. I said, we need God to show up. We need his presence. We, we need his power. We need, and, and, and so uh, that, that's my passion. We want that to be blessed. We want our ministries to be blessed. Can I get an amen? And there's nothing wrong with that at all. God's blessing in our life. But here's the thing. The fact remains that we don't always get what we ask for at times when we pray. Isn't that right? It's just it's like a frustrating angst. We hear one thing, we read it in the Bible, and then we, we pray for all these areas that we need to be blessed in. Can I get an amen? And it seems like things sometimes turn to the worst. It might, am I speaking to anybody in here? Or am I the only guy that experiences that now and then? And so, so, so then really the question is asked, is what does it mean to be blessed from a scriptural standpoint? Well, the common assumption, I believe, is that when God has blessed a person or a family or a business or whatever, they, you know, especially when it comes to us as individuals, that they're going to experience, would you agree with this, they're going to enjoy physical health? Can I get an amen? I mean, that's huge. How many of you know you can have all the money in the world? You can have, you know, houses in different parts of the country and investments and your stocks can be doing great and your retirement's huge and, and all that and, and you have a terminal disease. It just, you would trade all of that. Can I get an amen? For health. Financial prosperity, another thing, I think, tremendous blessing. So in a general sense, uh, we think of a person that's blessed as a person that's happy or well-being. And uh, once again, your kids are serving the Lord, serving Jesus. You know, I was talking to one guy, and, and he's kind of edging towards retirement. And, and, and he said, not from in this state. It was another state. And he said, this, all I want is just to be happy the rest of my life. I went, okay. All right. What does that mean, just to be happy? <clears throat> and so... I want us to see when Jesus, watch this now, blesses something, don't, don't check out right what I say next, okay? He breaks it so it can be blessed more. That's what I want to talk to you about. <clears throat> in other words, God's blessing results in breaking in our life. Now, when I say breaking, I don't mean for a destruction, like, what, 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 you know, what, why would we, <laughs> I want to be blessed, God. <laughs> After that, you're thinking, I'm not praying for anything from here on out. No, because here's the thing. The people you see that are blessed, they have been broken. Thank you for that one amen, brother. Good to see you back, Rick. <laughs> the people that when you look at their lives and you see what God has done and you admire their marriage, that marriage has been through some stuff. Amen, young couples, hang on. <clears throat> they've been, they, you say they're blessed. People that, are, that have maybe struggled in their business, they've been through some stuff. There's been some breaking in their life. Sometimes the prayer for more, more, God give us more, and we're hearing a lot about that on the national level, sometimes it results in less. Or you've heard people pray, increase, increase, and I've said it and I've declared it, and we want that. Can I get an amen? But sometimes when God, you pray that, God says, okay, now it's time to decrease you. See, I didn't think I'd get a lot of amens in this message, but I'm going to preach it anyways, because I believe it's the word of the Lord. Sometimes, 
Now hear me, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes the prayer for blessing results in a brokenness in our life. Why is it? Let's talk about that. I mean, we all, we don't want to be a, a burden to other people. We want to be a blessing. Can I get an amen? And people say that, I want to be a blessing. I mean, when people see you and you walk up to them, you don't want them to go, well, glory to God. And, you know, can I get an amen? I mean, you just want them to, hi. It's just like when they look at you, they go, this person is a blessing in my life. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> so, but a lot of times when we pray that, we want those blessings in our life, there's a, there's a, there's a disruption, there's trouble that happens in every, I, I just think, you know, it isn't just pastors. Everyone is going through something. And if you're not, hold on, you will. And you think, well, thank you, Pastor Mike, for sharing that this morning. But here's the thing. God's breaking releases his blessing in your life. I wanted you to see that. And so what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Simply put, the blessing of the Lord is this. It's being reduced, if I could say it this way, to Christ. Centering on Christ, taking our focus of all other things. Because a lot of times, you know, if we're constantly blessed all the time, we have no adversity and we forget God. Did you hear that? We forget him because we are so, <laughs> we, can, we got the resources now, we can go here, we can go there, we can buy this, we can buy that, and we, can do, and we forget God. It's human nature. It's human nature. And so, how many know God knows he is to be number one in our life, and he knows that if he is, then he will bless us. Amen. <clears throat> so, so well, what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Well, who is blessed? It's not the one, the scripture says, who is rich in spirit. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 3, it says, the poor. Somebody shout the poor. The poor. This is not a broke down, you know, you got to live, you know, in a jalopy and no, I'm not talking about that, okay? But it's talking about poor in spirit. Somebody shout in spirit. in spirit. A person that is rich is a person who is poor in spirit. In other words, they've submitted to the breakings and the dealings of God in their life, and they are rich. I've met a few people in my life like that. Some of you, or many of you, you're people that have been through that. Poor in spirit. And uh, he's actually... Uh, Talking in, in, in this verse of be poor in spirit about uh, salvation, talking about our posture when we come to Christ. And he's talking about how we should have the mindset that, that, that our heart is, we're spiritually bankrupt before God. In other words, it's an understanding to be poor in spirit that you have, watch this, absolutely nothing of worth to offer God. Nothing. <clears throat> Being poor in spirit is admitting that because of your sin, you are completely destitute spiritually and can do nothing to deliver yourself from your dire situation. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. Jesus said, that person is blessed. Wow. What are you saying, Lord, here? Jesus is saying that no matter your status in life, you must recognize your spiritual poverty before you can come to God in faith to receive the salvation he offers. And that's really, that's how we come to Christ. God, we are dependent. We need you. Not, I'd see, I'm going to add Jesus on to every other thing. And, you know, we'll just have that segment in our life, the Jesus segment. And no, he is going to be either number one or he's not Lord at all. That's just, that's his, that's just how it is. <laughs> 
So, so once again, who is blessed? Scripture says it's not rich in spirit, but the one, and I'm not talking about being financed. Please, I'm talking about what Jesus is, is, is lifting up here, high here this morning about our spirits, being poor in spirit. Those who are broken are blessed. Those who are blessed are broken. What do you mean? I remember in Genesis 32, the Bible talks about Jacob. He wrestled with the angel, and the Bible says that it became through the whole night, in time for the morning, and the angel was going to leave, and he said he grabbed on him. He wouldn't let him go, and he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, and, and uh, so he said, what's your name? He's Jacob. Your name will be Israel. You'll be a father uh, uh, you know, uh, of a whole nation, and uh, he blessed him, and he disappeared, but then he touched his thigh. Isn't that right? And it said that he, he did something into his thigh, that, that he, he walked with a limp the rest of his life. He, he became the father of a nation. How many know that's a huge blessing? But he walked with a limp. So in other words, it's a picture, spiritual picture that God's saying that the people that are really, truly blessed are those that have been through some stuff, that have suffered through some stuff. <clears throat> How many with me? Can you still say amen? <laughs> See, the, the heart cry of a true disciple of Christ is, Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. <clears throat> Not, Jesus, I want more of your stuff. Oh, come on, amen. <clears throat> See, when we have more of him, we increase. <laughs> That's just the nature of it. So how do we get more of Jesus? How do we get more of Jesus? By getting less of us. That's how, how, how do we get more of Jesus? <clears throat> so, so this is what it means, I believe, to be blessed. See, where there is less of me, there is more of him. In other words, as the scripture talks about being decreased as I, when I talk about I, I the flesh, my will, my way, my desires, what I want in life. When that is submitted unto Christ, he is increased. He is increased in me. Now, it isn't just seeking increase, and there's a teaching in the body of Christ, and I grew up in it, and I believe there's a truth, and we'll touch a little bit on that, on the prosperity message. I believe God, his heart is to bless us, is to increase us, but there's a process in those blessings to appropriate them, and that's what we're talking about here. It's not just a heart cry, Lord, increase me, putting that, you know, increase scriptures on your, uh, on the, uh, your refrigerator door or your mirror in the morning and just quoting only positive things, the increase. That's good if you have to come out of a poverty mindset. I mean, you know God needs to, he had to deliver the children of Israel. He had to get the poverty mindset, Egypt, out of them. In the wilderness. So, so those are truths. Claim those scriptures. Receive them. But there's a process in how we appropriate, I believe, those blessings from God. And we got to go through, at times, stuff, difficulty. And so <clears throat> that's why it says in the scriptures, this is what it means to take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow him. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. We cry out and we want to be increased and we want to be blessed and we want God to continue to increase us and bless all of our family. And, and, uh, but the scripture says something very interesting in Ephesians 1.3 that Jesus has already blessed us with everything. Right there, Ephesians 1.3. God, somebody shout already. already. Blessed us with, somebody shout every. every. Now every means I don't think there's much room for stuff in there that he forgot about. Right? 
every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that may seem a little confusing, that in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what does that mean? All that means is this, is Christ has brought us from heaven to earth. So in other words, if you are truly a Christian, you're born again and you're in right relationship with the Lord, you're forgiven of your sins, that, that God said, I have given you everything you need on this earth already now. Well, hello, pastor. Hasn't manifested in my life. <clears throat> we as believers have the blessing already, but we are lacking, watch this, the breaking. See, we want the blessing without the breaking, and it just doesn't work that way. How many can still say amen? What do you mean, Pastor Mike? It doesn't mean that we need more of the Lord per se because we already have all of him. We just need less of us and everything else. Amen? I want you to notice back in Luke 24. Luke 24, bring that up again. Uh, and it says this, after Jesus blessed the bread, right? What is the next thing he does? He breaks it. I bless this bread. Now I'm going to break it. The miracle happened. What happened? So he, he breaks it. He, gives, he breaks the bread. And then what happens immediately to these disciples who don't even know who he is? Their eyes open up, right? And they see this is the Christ, and he disappears. That's just like the Lord. <laughs> you get the revelation? <laughs> you got it. All right. I'll come back when you need it again. <laughs> Come on, can you see that in Scripture? He takes this bread. He blesses the bread. We want that blessing. But he breaks it. There's a process that we go through, that breaking process that none of us like that, but it's just part of it. And they bless. And they see God in a new dimension. They see him as who he is. This is the Messiah. He is risen. Oh, he's gone. Wow. <clears throat> in the Greek... To know, it says, they, and they knew him. It means to know exactly, to recognize, or it, it means this, I come to know. And that same phrase is in the Old Testament when it talked about Job. I remember the story, Job, his friends. I mean, you really, if you think about Job, he was very wealthy. He had all of these blessings of the Lord in his life, his family, the cattle, and his houses. I mean, he had so much. And the Bible says in one day, everything, everything was lost. And uh, there's a principle in there. I want to get all that. But I want us to see this, that it, Job had some friends. And his friends showed up. And I think of these friends. I mean, these were like real deal friends. So how do you know, Pastor Mike? Because I'll tell you. <clears throat> when you're with a friend, sometimes they get impatient. You know, you tell, you know what? I've been going through this stuff. And, and this is really stressful. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. These guys sat, watch this now, seven days. Probably just, you know, if I just sit down. Seven days they sat and just watched him and never said anything. I couldn't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you all, but seven days? Come on, some of you, I got to text someone. This is ridiculous. Let me post this. This guy is real. Look at the way he looks. Oh, my God, you know. Seven days. So they, after one day, they got up. Next day they come, sit back down. Man, Job. Next day, seven days, and they never said a word. Those are some real friends. 
as their real friends. And then they start yakking and how they know God. And, and then God comes in, he straightens the whole thing out, and then even rebukes Job. And, you know, and this is what Job says. I thought I knew you. Now I know you. I only heard of, but now I see. Why? Job was broken. And he was multiplied through that. Multiplied. How many still can say amen to this message this morning? <clears throat> you know, it's a truth. It's a truth, and it's not being preached in America. It's not. We're being told how you can get more, how you can, you know, get, you know, send in your money. You could get your, your anointing oil. Come on now, or your water from the, you know, the, uh, where, you know, baptized in Jerusalem. That's some of the nastiest water in the world. I was baptized there. It's dirty. You know, uh, you know how you can get your blanket or this or handkerchief or all these things. We want to be blessed, but there's a breaking. And it says this. They began, they knew him. They recognized, they found out who he was. Friends, until you have the blessing and the break in your eyes, our eyes remain closed. And hear me, this is one of the tactics of the enemy. He wants to keep us in a state where we don't want to grow and grow on with God because we don't want to deal with anything that maybe discomfort our lives our little bubble. Can I get an amen? Because this is the way it's orchestrated. This is what I'm used to. I'm accustomed to this. That's why mission trips are so great, because they break you. Everyone that just came back from Africa should say amen. <laughs> I mean, they're suffering on the plane. I mean, you're dealing with other people. I and mean, this food that you eat is this exhaustion. And so we build our lives. I know at least I do build our lives. So it's just this everything comforts us. This, this, the toaster works. The cure better work. You know, amen. <laughs> Come on now, you know, ice cream better be in the fridge, you know, or <clears throat> it's just everything's comfort. And then when it's disrupted and see, God is about breaking, disrupting so he can be greater glorified in our life. And I'm not talking about sickness, disease and tragedies and all that. I'm not talking about, I'm just life happens, stuff happens. How I many you know that the enemy roams about? The Bible says he roams about, but God will turn everything that the enemy meant for evil for good in your life. You have that promise. You can hang on to that. And so, so blessings alone don't open our eyes. We thank God for it. We're excited. We're happy. We're blessed and increased. Receive that. Accept that. But it's difficulty. It's trials. It's tribulations. It's troubles that we go through. It's adversity. When I think of an environment of just... Uh, uh, I think of a couple things. One is just uh, you know personal illustration. I started planting. I won't take much time, but you don't want to really hear a lot of it. But these little seeds, you know, I got some beans and I got some tomato plants. I will start them by seeds. I've always wanted to do that, and and <clears throat> so I have them in these cups. And, and boy, they look really good. I mean, they look really healthy and strong. And I'm just excited. I, I need to get these in the ground. And so it was one of those days it was sunny out, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really, too, you know, strong, you know, too, too bad out there. It was a little wind, and so I just put them out on the deck, and just for a couple of hours, not long. I'm telling you, it came back, looked like someone came with a weed whack and killed them. Just, you know, I'm like, what happened to my plants? They were wilted. I mean, I took it, I babied them. And I put them in the elements in the real world, and they collapsed. 
See, Jesus is building for eternity in you and I life. Not just the here and now. Eternity to reign with him. Amen? And so this earth is like coming from that little safe environment, and that's when you come out of your mother's womb. <laughs> and then you go, you know, get that little smack. I don't think they do that now. Ah, you start crying. And uh, it, it's life. And so I took them back in. I'm like trying to resurrect them. I'm like, oh, my God. Some of them are bent over. <clears throat> but they're still producing a little few beans. My point is this, that I babied them. They were in a protective environment. Wind, everything, they were just... And, and they weren't strong enough, hear me, to handle the adversities of life. How many still with me say amen? Sometimes the blessings by themselves, they tend to close our eyes. <clears throat> we do not come to know him and the blessings, but it's in the breakings. I wish that wasn't true, but it's just the way it is. It's the way it is. See, then when we... What we already have in him, it's going to be revealed. The Bible talks about our eyes will be open, and we'll actually see who he really is in that enlightenment. And so here's a few questions. Do you want to know him? Do you want to know God more? <laughs> Three yeses. <laughs> I believe you all do. It's breaking that comes. Do we want to go deeper? Do we want our eyes open? Yes, Paul's cry was that I may know him. At the end of his life, he was like, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, that I may know him. And we will spend eternity knowing him, knowing him. So how, you know, let's get on track. Let's get to the, to to the nitty-gritty of knowing him. He wants to reveal himself here and now. Can you say amen? And so there's an embracing of that process. And so I just want to encourage some of you that if you're in a season when you feel like a bruised reed, Snapped out there in the wind, withering, broken cistern, take heart because God is moving on your behalf. That's some good news. God, I'm having trouble. My husband's ticking me off. My wife is upsetting me. She's irritating me. This, the kids, that. They're not. You know, the employees at work and this. I work with this coworker. And, ah! God is at work in your life. God is at work in your life. Amen? In conclusion, I want to just share something here and we're going to receive communion. Scripture, which is the illustration, John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay joined to me, the King James uses the word abide. Abide in me, and I stay joined to you. Then you will produce lots of fruit, but you cannot do anything without me. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? You know, the problem is with this new teaching that's in the body of Christ, and it really isn't new, it's been around for centuries, and we preach it, and it's, you hear it, is that we have produced branches, watch this now, who are having a relationship with the fruit. They're all down for the relationship with the fruit. In other words, give me the promises of God. Give me the blessings of God. I, uh, uh, give me the increase. I want the much more. I want the super abundant blessings of God. See, if I was preaching that message, you'd be shouting, hallelujah, Pastor Mike. That's what's being preached, a large part. Here's the thing, to produce fruit, the blessings, is not about having a relationship with the fruit, it's about having a relationship with the vine. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, we can, we can make it without the fruit. Follow with me now. We can, we can, I mean, you may turn brown, you might wither a little bit, and feel like you're bent over and... Or, you know, your fruit could be cut from you, clipped off, 
and you can still make it. How, how many of you know that's called pruning? Isn't that right? And, and a smart farmer knows this about his trees. I mean, at times, I would let my apple trees go, and it's like, how do I prune them? And, and then, then I found, saw one guy that actually did it, and I went, my goodness, you stripped that thing back. And he said, yeah, you have to take your hat. You have to be able to throw it through an apple tree, and it go right through. Couldn't do that. You throw my hat, and it would go bang right back off. That's how much they cut it back. But next year, more fruit. More fruit. Come on, are you with me? <clears throat> See, you can make it without prosperity. You can make it even with lack. You can make enough feeling good or at times sorrowful at times. At times feeling you can make it, maybe you feel depressed or despondent. You can make it. We can make it without always having to see fruit, bearing fruit. But you cannot make it without being connected to the vine. Can I get an amen? Now, don't get upset. We're doing a little pruning out here. Even though this is budded, I didn't kill anything. Just this. <clears throat> but it needs to go in a heat pile. Jesus said what? I'm the vine, you are the branches. If we're connected to him, this happens. But we have so many Christians in the body of Christ that have forgotten, just kind of put back the vine and we're chasing after the fruit. <laughs> Give me the fruit. I want the fruit. And we've lost our connecting to the vine. Stand with me if you would, please. talked so much about the fruit and there's so many kinds of relationship with the promise of God but not the God of the promise amen which, which is very sad is this so many Christians they want what Jesus can do for them but they really don't want Jesus that's not what he's called us to church amen he is most important he is most important thank God for the promises The fruit, the blessing is all about being connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. I said Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We got to come back to being connected. We're going to receive communion here. But Jesus said this, if you abide. If you abide. If. There's a contingency. If you abide. In other words, to bring it to today's vernacular, if you can stay unhappy at times. Come into church and think, I don't, I just, I'm not feeling it, Pastor. Maybe you could come to church and you're shedding tears inside. Maybe you come to church and it's, you don't want to raise your hands because everything is not turning out. But if you can still come to church and still with those tears in your heart or even on your face and your hands weighed heavy, you can lift your hands and say, God, I need you. I need you more today. I'm not feeling it. But I'm staying connected to the vine. You're going to make it. You're going to produce fruit. And God will expand you and bless you. And others will see fruit on your life. Difficulty, pain. We all go through it. Many times God's saying, in the midst of our struggles, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? You thought this was going to happen, that was going to happen, this was going to, it just didn't happen that way. How do you like me now? Ready to check off church, be done. 
that whole thing. It, it doesn't make it. Kids running wild. I didn't think they'd turn out this way. It's not supposed to be this way, Pastor. How do you like me now? Wow, it goes to the core of our soul, doesn't it? The motives of why. Listen, just because of him saving us and us becoming born again, every day we're to give him thanks and praise for salvation the rest of our life. If he never does another thing again for you, every day we could raise our hands and say, thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. Thank you. I know my kids aren't living right. I, thank you, God. I love you. This didn't turn around. I'm struggling. I'm really hurting right now. But thank you, Jesus. I love you. Because you alone are worthy. Hallelujah. Every head bowed. Today, if needed, I feel the Spirit of God is redirecting our focus back to the vine. Back to the vine. Off of the fruit. When you go back to the vine, inevitably, if you've been pruned and cut back, you're going to bear much fruit. Fruit's coming. Fruit is coming. But you, fruit will not come if you not stay connected to the vine. Hallelujah. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I've been disconnected from the vine. I've been chasing other things. I need to get reconnected to the vine. That's you with every head bowed and said, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need to get right with him. I've walked away. Today is a great day for you to come back to the Lord. You're here this morning and you say, that's me, Pastor. I want us to pray corporately as I lead you in a sinner's prayer. Let's pray together. Say with me, say, Jesus, I believe you died in the cross for my sin. Jesus, I recognize I need you. I can't save myself. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the confidence and assurance of salvation. I give you my life. Now take it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.